The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, o Lord. Jesus said, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where the rich man was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. The rich man said, Then, Father, I beg you to send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Your brothers should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. Abraham said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. We've been talking about stewardship for the last few weeks, and I want to share with you one more time the definition that I've kind of been working from each week. Stewardship is management of the gifts God entrusts to us. Today's gospel reading is about two people. One who had been entrusted with many gifts, and other who had far less. When you first hear this story, you might be tempted to think that Jesus is teaching about how eternal life works with all the death and chasms, and torment, and Hades. But that is not Jesus's point in telling this story. Look at the details. There's no baptism. There's no confession of Jesus as Lord. Also, there's no mention of God. Lazarus dies and is received instead by Abraham. So this is not Jesus's attempt to explain the afterlife. So we're not going to go there. Not only that, Jesus starts off this whole story with a joke. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen. Now, you may not get the joke, so I'll give you a hint. He's talking about underwear. In other words, Jesus tells a story that starts with this. There was a guy who wore the most expensive underwear you can imagine. So, again, this is not a serious attempt by Jesus 
to explain the afterlife. So what is it then? Well, let's look more closely at the contrast between these two characters. Besides the fancy underwear, Jesus says that the rich man feasted sumptuously every day. Now, I assume that many of you, like me, have more than enough to eat every day. The word that's translated as sumptuously in the original Greek is lampros. It's where we get the name of the lamprey fish. Lamprey are parasitic carnivorous species and feed by boring into the flesh of other fish to suck their blood. So that gives you an image of the type of sumptuous feasting that this rich man does. He is all-consuming. We know something about being consumers, don't we? If you're honest, you'll admit that most of the stuff that we own, we don't actually need to survive. Most of the stuff in our homes is just junk. It might be nice to have, or it might be helpful sometimes, occasionally, but most of it is just extra stuff that we bought because society has trained us to consume. Consumerism trains us to acquire goods and services in ever-increasing amounts. Mass production has led to overproduction, and no, we don't actually need all this stuff, but someone made it, and they've got to sell it, and advertising has manipulated us into buying more than you need, which feeds the whole cycle and turns into us being consumers. Interestingly, Lazarus, the poor man, is covered with sores as though he's the one being consumed. The rich man's house is gated and Lazarus is usually outside, perhaps begging, wishing that he could eat the scraps that fall on the rich man's floor. And notice the dogs. Now, dogs in Jesus's day weren't cute house-trained pets that join you on vacation as if they're part of the family. Dogs were wild and dangerous. And Lazarus's condition is so poor that even the wild dogs are full of pity when they see him and they do what they can to nurse him and comfort him. So the contrast between these two characters could not be starker. It should be said, though, that being rich is not the problem, nor is it inherently evil. Listen again to those words from 1 Timothy 6 we heard. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Wealth isn't inherently or necessarily evil. It's being consumed by your wealth that becomes the problem. 
This little story that Jesus told is about a great reversal. It's a narrative that paints a picture of the saying, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. For the rich man, it was not his possessions or his status that mattered. It was the justice and the love he showed to others. When it came to those things, he was far more impoverished and much sicker than the man he looked down on every day. The danger of wealth, Jesus says, is this. You may be so consumed by your affluence that not even a person raised from the dead will make you reconsider your priorities. All of this is because conventional wisdom sees wealth as a blessing. Conventional wisdom says wealth means that God has blessed you. There is more to life, however, than profits. And this story from Jesus says what you perceive as blessings might equal spiritual bankruptcy. Conventional wisdom also says God helps those who help themselves. Poor Lazarus should have helped himself. He should have gotten a job. He should have invested more wisely. Then he wouldn't be where he is. But that is not the divine wisdom contained within the way of Jesus. The divine counterintuitive wisdom of Jesus is revealed in the very name of Lazarus. His name means the one whom God helps. Lazarus is the one whom God helps, not the ones that help themselves. In the way of Jesus, the ones who help themselves receive their own reward, but the ones whom God helps receive the spiritual blessings of everlasting life. Where do you see yourself in this story? Do you see yourself as the rich person, consumed by wealth and the finer things in life? Or do you see yourself as Lazarus, poor, cast down, ignored by others? There's actually another character you could be. Maybe it's a better fit because in reality, we're all more like the five brothers. We are witnesses of the rich and we are witnesses of the poor. And we've received the witness of Moses, the prophets and the resurrection of Jesus. And now you're left with a choice. You're left with a choice individually. And we're also left with a choice as a church entrusted with gifts from God. What kind of church will we be? Will we be consumed with our own well-being and sumptuous feasting? Or will we notice those around us? Amen.